Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the One More Jump podcast by Rise Pole Vault. Today, we have an internal episode with all of the boys. We got me, Luke, Trevor, and John all here to talk about the fun and exciting things we did here in 2023 at Rise Pole Vault. We talked about the future of what we want to do in 2024, and we got off topic a lot. But we were just having a good time. So hope you guys enjoy this episode of the One More Jump podcast. You know what's really, I was thinking about this before, what's really awesome about a podcast on the day of a jump day is whenever it's actually a good jump day. Oh, yeah. Mm. That helps. Think about how much it would suck if you had a really bad jump day and you had to sit through this podcast right now. That would not be as much fun. Not as much fun. EJ at the World Championships got asked a lot about how it felt getting second, jumping six meters. Mm. Really? Yeah. Well, because it's like the highest place ever for a second place. Hold jump on. six meters and got second place to Mondo. That is pretty wild that you could jump. Six and he was, and they're like, "How do you so. feel? You know, you had a good day. You jumped pretty well." And he was like, "Well, I kind of sucks when you jump six meters and get second. I feel like the ju- they're on Jumpers World the other day. They had uh, they had a, that video of Mondo jumping like twenty feet from who knows how many whatever approach." And uh, the caption was just, it's Mondo versus Mondo. <laughs> That's, it really is. Mm-hmm. It's Mondo world. Isn't that crazy, man? It's really, really crazy that that dude is that much further ahead. I don't, I don't know if that ever happens again in, in the sport. Like, just wait. Yeah, just wait. Just wait, 2024, <laughs> baby. <laughs> so we wanted to do the podcast today just to recap, like – 2023 and just talk about what it is that we thought was cool and what you know we thought was not so cool and just kind of talk about 2024 too so big year coming up 2024 yeah. mm-hmm. we we 2023 <laughs> i will just start off with let's just do like what do you think was the cool like the best part for you like at rise like what we did in 2023 and i would say that like moving to this place was pretty clutch like pretty clutch moving to this place especially like after our old place because the transition to that was absolutely insane and i think we should just like tell a little bit about the story of how like that transition moving from the old place to the new place yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i mean that actual move happened in 2022 but a lot of our time 2023 is spent here i think a big thing and my favorite was the media influence that we had because like right after reno or at reno we kind of started a media rise situation with john and then from there it you know, the, uh, you know, reach that we had across the world was like way bigger. However, a lot of those videos wouldn't have been as cool if they weren't filmed in here too. So yeah, that's a, a big thing. And 
for me, I mean, me and Trevor selfishly get a way better experience vaulting in this facility versus the last facility and having a place to do sprints and lift and do all of that in one centralized location, which is really nice. Yeah. I would be interested to see how you would have vaulted in the old facility, like with it being so narrow. Okay. And then like the ceilings. So these are 35 foot ceilings and the old place was 23 foot ceilings. Okay. So So like 10 (laughs) feet shorter. Mm -hmm. If you had a good jump and you timed it up right, you could get your feet in between the rafters. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, there was times where I was jumping at like a 65 bungee or something and in the video, if you were filming from behind, like my feet, like we had rafters that went right through the middle though. But if you were looking from behind, the feet were definitely going okay. like pretty close up there. So I remember getting nervous about it. Like I remember coaching and just being like, oh, well, man. cause our garage door went up over the pit, but it was far enough back into the pit where it was probably going to be okay. But if you're jumping, like if I like had a crazy good jump and blew through the pole. It was like, it could get a little dicey, get a little <laughs> pop in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was pretty wild. If I'm not mistaken, you couldn't even run a full approach. Nope. I ran seven every single time I was in there. That's the furthest I could run. Yeah. The, the wall was 118 feet and my seven is like mm. 106 or 107 feet. So yeah, didn't even bump it back to eight. Cause I was probably pushing it too much. And Yeah. Yeah, so now you actually get to practice. Get to practice full approach, and we don't run it a whole lot still, but like I still get to to practice full approach, get to do pole runs, get to get up to top speed indoors. I never got to do that in 2022. I was like running accelerations, but right when I would hit top speed, I'd have to stop. Yeah. Now I can like hit top speed, hold it for a second, and be done, which is nice. That's the bare minimum but also everything that i need in pole vault is to be able to hit top speed hold it for a little bit and be done in you know 40 to 60 meters and i can do that in here so got everything that i need in here yeah i can like actually host meets now too like yeah like big meets legit meets with like a good amount of people and not feel like so what what was the feeling like at the old meets it was, dude, the old meets were, I was telling Trevor, because for people who don't know, like we all have real jobs at Rise. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions at Rise is that we just show up and coach the pole vault. That is like, we do that for the shortest amount of time, like as far as our work goes. Like, so Luke is our general manager. So like manages everything like memberships and payments and all the kind of just general manager stuff. And then Wood is our content director. So he does all of our content and does all that stuff. And then Trevor's our events director. And I was talking with Trevor about like the old process, like how we would have to set up for meets at the old place. And we used to have to break down the entire facility. Like we would have to unbolt the squat racks I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot that we did that every single time. We'd have to unbolt the squat racks, move the squat racks into like some corner and then like take all of our stuff and just jam it into this little corner. It looked terrible. And then we'd rent from, we'd rent like party chairs from like a, like a place in Shanahan and just set up 25 party chairs. Like it was 25 seats were available because yeah. our max capacity at our old facility was 50 people. 
like capacity wise like, like just that's for what the, the city gave us like yeah. they were like yeah you can have 50 people in here I'm like 50 people and that was still kind of a lot like in that small facility it was like if you had 25 people and then you had 15 people jumping and like some coaches and stuff like that it was still like jam-packed but it wasn't in a good way it was like okay now we can't use half of the facility because people are sitting there the other half there's a bunch of poles laying on the ground so we've got the runway for kids to warm up on and there's 15 kids. <laughs> Dude, the ru- like thinking about like... It's just stressful looking back. Like that does not sound like a fun... giving me anxiety. Like yeah. thinking about it, like how did they even warm up? You yeah. Know? Like it was, it was so crazy. So we used to have to do that. And so like we would break it all down. I, I was telling Trevor the other day, like I would show up at like 5 a.m. And I would just start just jamming everything into the corner and doing all the stuff and then uh, set up these flags to like section off different areas and stuff like that. Luke would come over, we'd set everything up and then like we would get done with the meat and we'd be like, oh my gosh, we're done with the meat. Just completely just wiped, exhausted. And then we'd be like, oh dude, we got to set this all back up to have classes. And it was for half, it was for like less than half of the amount of people um, attending the meet too. Right. That was the tough thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was like twice or three times the amount of work where now we come in and kind of like have it all, our situation's pretty good where we, it's, it's all set up, spaced out well enough to where we don't have to set that much stuff up. And we have like three times more people attending and they can still have more room to warm up where before it was like, not very many people even going to the meets and not very many parents, like parents of the athletes would show up, but it wouldn't be a lot of them because it wasn't that many kids jumping and we'd have to space that out every single, it was like every hour and a half, like on the hour and a half starting at eight, ending at eight, every single meet, you know? And I would just be like walking through the facility, like not trying to not make eye contact with the parents because I knew that like we were we were really pushing it yeah. like riding on the razor's edge of is this acceptable or not and i'd just be like walking with my head down like please don't talk to me because i knew somebody would be like coming up and just be like dude you gotta do you gotta switch this up or you gotta switch that up and i'm like oh man we you know we just had to hustle so hard at that old facility to be able to try to get things going and now like luke said we could literally like we could just be like hey everybody show up in an hour Mm-hmm. And we could have everything set up for mm-hmm. the meet. It's really, really tight. So it's super, super clutch. And this like Luke facility said, is definitely, I think that's where we started was, but the, this facility is definitely the reason, a big, well, the reason for the growth of Rise too. Yeah. Like, and just not only just like the meets, but having more kids in here. I talk to kids sometimes too, like back at the old facility, we had, five kids in each session for an hour. Now we have, you know, each pit is an hour and a half long. Each pit has a coach on it. Maximum of 10 people on each runway. You know, the likelihood that all 10 kids show up to is pretty low, but like having the max of 20 people in here creates a way different vibe too. Like the kids are just like partying every single day and music's blasting and like kids are just half the time the kid will get off the pit and be more excited to get back in line than than to hear what I have to (laughs) tell him, which I'm okay with sometimes, you know? So I remember the first week coaching here and seeing everyone like kind of be together and goofing around and joke around and warm up together. Mm -hmm. And that was, it was just such a different feeling. I love to see that. And like, 
at the old place when you had people warming up it's like they would be running across the runway or like try like someone has their pull up and someone's running next to them and they like oh shoot you know yeah. it was just so crowded now just to see everyone do that together yeah i like i forgot about that and just you're not gonna get up. like speared with a pole like yeah. <laughs> just standing there you know well you still probably could but it's it's really it's really been amazing but like getting to this point like was a complete like it broke me almost completely like on a couple occasions like we were talking the other day about when i first found this place and like we were like all right yeah let's see if we can just push the limits. Like we didn't know if we had enough people to support this. We didn't know hardly anything. Had we hired you full time before that? No, it was no. right before Reno that he got hired. Yeah. Right before. Uh, Reno. Yeah. So it we seems January. like he's been hired. It seems place. like he's it's been, been less for than like a year. Six years. <laughs> it's been less than a year. It's been less than a year since Wood got before, before I started doing the media stuff. Before, before you were hired, hired like on a salary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't it seem like it's been Whoa. like three years? Wait, you've only been here He's for less than a year? Literally, I, right I, <laughs> it was literally right before Reno. It was right before Reno because wow. we were talking about the Mondo video, the podcast clip of Mondo yeah. and all that oh, that yeah. got put together and us kind of wanted to see what Wood had in store. And he had been coaching for longer than that, but we were in need of somebody, somebody else to be on the team and like kind of want to push this thing a little further because it was just Jake and I. So, and at the time, I don't even know if Jake was full time. <laughs> you like just were full time too. Cause like you were I holding out just, because we wanted to make sure everything was working at the new facility. Yeah. Cause you got hired first. Yeah. So Luke, like when I go and do payroll, Luke is the old, uh, like the has the seniority over everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I go to do payroll, it's so crazy. Yeah. So Luke got hired and then I stopped. I was hired over a year before you even i was hired in may of 2021 and then i was still teaching that whole next year and then in 2022 i 2022 like august though august or september like right when we moved into here you were like okay i'm not going back to teaching so gotta do it (laughs) and then we hired wood like Late December, I guess. Late December-ish. I think I probably told you, like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. And it was official, like, January 1st. January 1st, yeah. Yeah, but that was, yeah, that was a wild time, man, because we had, like, a just, like, a just a snowball of events that happened, like, so quickly. Like, we found this place, and then I w- was trying to talk with Luke about, like, all right, let's do it. Like, we don't know if we have enough people to support it. You know, we want to hire wood and, and all of these things were starting to kind of happen. And then I talked with this guy, this place wasn't even on the market. Like it wasn't even on the market. I kept calling this guy for probably two years. Like, and I was just like, Hey, let me like, what do you got? He's a real estate guy who owns a lot of real estate around here. And I was like, what do you got? Do you got something? He's like, what do you want it for? And I was like, I want to, I want to do a pole vaulting gym. And he was like, basically click. You know, like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and I, I was just like, and I just was persistent, man. I'd call him back like every couple months, be like, hey, got anything? You still doing it for the pole vault gym? Yeah. No, don't got anything. And then eventually, like after six times calling him, he was like, all right, dude, I think I might have this place opening up 
um, but I don't think it'll work for you. And I was like, what are the dimensions? He was like 200 feet by 75 feet. I was like, well, that's really good. I was like, what are the ceilings? He was like 35 feet. I was like, dude, that could work. I wa- I was like, come on, just give us a shot. Like, just give us a shot and, and let's do it. And he was like, well, you're gonna have to sign a pretty good lease, like a pretty long lease and all this stuff. And I was just like thinking in my head, like, Ooh, I don't know. And I was just like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll do it. You know, no yeah. problem. And, and then I walk in here and I was like, this is going to take a lot of work getting this place together. And then we committed to it. And then as soon as we committed to it, Luke qualifies for the world championships. And so like, I was like working on the place and Luke was helping out working on the place. I was trying to keep him, you know, safe and healthy. And then, you know, he qualifies for world championships and we are like, oh man. So now we've got Luke going to world championships. We've got us trying to move this place. And it was, it was the most difficult. One of the craziest of memories of that year was whenever my last workout at the old facility, there was like half of the stuff was taken out and it was basically like a pole vault pit with a couple pieces of rubber on the sides of the runway. Yeah. And then like a bunch of the poles were off, a bunch of the weight racks were gone. And I remember being like, this is crazy. We're like literally halfway through the transition of moving from this facility to the other, but you don't get something for nothing because the, yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, the, the rent compared to the other place, this is a five times bigger place. So it's like, we were also nervous about that at first, making sure like, okay, is this going to work literally just financially that mm-hmm. we're going to be able to maintain this and be able to know that I'm full time and I want to have job security and you want to have job security. We knew that we were probably going to take wood on and beyond wood. We knew we were going to ha- probably have to have somebody else. So it was right. like. We need to, and at the time, Jake, or not Jake, uh, dad and Mike is coaching. So it was like, you know, you got to pay them and make sure that you're, everybody's getting compensated appropriately while you're footing the bill on a five time bigger facility right. <laughs> and have knowing you're probably going to get more people having a second pit that you have to purchase. Like there was a lot that went into it right? and well, we were yeah. doing a majority of it on our own, like laying down the turf and laying down like the rubber and all that just you and I and like whoever we could find help with. And obviously the Sologas and yeah, them, they, they, did were, like, they came in <laughs> and Ryan Anderson's family and stuff like huge, ridiculous. They came through for us huge, but the hardest thing about doing this and like for people out there that like maybe want to try to do this, there was never one day that I just like was like, yeah, this is a good idea. This will work. Never been that time. Never been that time. Like when I went to hire Luke, I was never like, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, this is a no brainer. Like I was like, dude, you told Luke that you said you were going to do this and then you better do it. You better freaking do it. And I was just like, all right, Hey, you know, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then you got to make it work. And then, you know, that worked. And then it wasn't the hardest part is that we were guessing how much we would grow. It was, it wasn't mm-hmm. like the hardest thing about doing something like this in the pole vault is because there's nothing you can compare it to. You can't compare it to like other sports gyms or things like that. Like, oh yeah, those, those they have that many, they have that many. Like, it's like you're creating like a new market in your area and you never know like what's going to happen with that. So 
that was the hardest part and the most nerve wracking part is like, I think that we'll grow by this much. Currently we don't like at that time, it's like, well, maybe we barely have enough to make it happen, you know, but I think we'll grow this much. And that's what's so nerve wracking about it, man. And then you, you know, you hire people on and then I guess the more you do it, the better you get at it. But man, it's just as like, Every time I like we bite off a little bit more, it's just like, whoo, you know, you lay awake at night, just like, all right. I think the decision to hire Trevor was one though, that we were a little more like we need it and it's going to work. And we also kind of need to make it work because we were like, okay, it was just becoming a lot to manage the facility and the coaching and stuff, you know, dad left. So that was some coaching hours and, you're always, you know, I'm traveling, vaulting, Trevor travels with vaulting too, but like when we need fill-ins and and just managing all of it with the amount of events that we wanted to start running and making sure that we're running more meets in a year to help with the kids and trying to get more people to go to Reno or trying to get more people to attend certain events that we have, the camp with Katarina, like we wanted to have that stuff and we, that was stuff that we had been requested to do more by the kids and by the kids' families to run camps and to have more meets. But we knew with just us three, it wasn't going to happen. So I feel like that was an easy, like, we're hiring somebody and there's an 18-9 pole vaulter who is willing to come to Chicago and his, uh, you know, girlfriend has a job in Chicago and it just seems like everything's aligned. (laughs) Aligning. Not too many of those people out there. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) there's literally nobody else out there. And I had met you before, so I was like, I know he's a good dude and I know he's a good jumper too. So I was like, I don't see why, you know, somebody who jumps 18-9 should know a little bit about pole vault and he does. And, you know, has molded himself into a rise thing too, Mm -hmm. you know, into the rise thing, which is cool. And he's fun to work with. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I uh, was a little nervous coming on to coach at first because I didn't have a ton of coaching experience. Mm. Um, like I'd just done like little camps and stuff here and there with like my high school or throughout college. And um, But I appreciate you guys taking the taking the leap of faith with me at, with coaching because the first uh, like couple of sessions I shadowed you, Jake, and um, you were just like quizzing me, like making sure that I knew how to keep the kids safe. That's basically it, man. All the other stuff you can teach like pretty easily, but it's like, you gotta have somebody who it's, it's just like, they need to know how to put somebody on the proper pole with the proper grip with the proper step. Like if you got those things, like they're going to be safe. And then after that, like, you know, you just it's it's pretty it's not easy to learn but it's it's that's just a takes really reps after that i feel like yeah. like once if you have it lined up where it's like you know pole like a lot of the time we talk about how a kid will come in here and sometimes their first day of improvement it's not like we told them some like thing that they we had an epiphany on that they like fix their technique in this way they're just likely gripping too high on too big of a pole or the opposite <laughs> or the opposite or, or too gripping way too low on too small of a pole and like have never been told or they're running from the wrong spot or all three of those things. And it's just like you fix two of those things and they jump a foot higher and they're like, holy cow. And then you add in after a month or two, like, Hey, now we got everything right. And now you could focus on this. And then they jump even higher after that. But a lot of the time it's pretty cool to see that 
just a simple improvement of keeping them safe actually gets them to jump higher too. Yeah. And, uh, I, you, like whenever you came in, I, I was like, okay, if he can get him in the pit and, and I know that he like has that idea and that concept down of like proper pull, proper grip, proper step, I know he's going to get better because he's going to be coaching thousands of reps in a week, you know? So it's just like, yeah, that's, you, you know, you, you end up like coaching at a gym like this, you end up coaching so many reps. It's like you go through like three years of coaching inside of like three months here. You know, because it's just like so many kids and so many different kids that like have different problems and things like that. And you end up just getting better just by doing it and figuring it out for yourself, too, which is pretty, pretty awesome. I feel like that's been fun is having the like such a wide variety of jumpers and jumper like types of pole vaulters has been um, interesting to try to work with, because I feel like if you're just coaching at like a like a high school and you have like 10 vaulters or Mm -hmm. like five vaulters it's pretty easy to mold them all into one like mold yeah that you want them to vault like but with the like i don't know how many kids like 80 kids that we see in a day right it's um it's not really possible to do that yeah and so being able to like adjust your coaching style for like the different kids is something that i'm still working on but it's like it seems like a pretty important part to get down yeah and you end up just like learning what uh like this kid does this well and this well and he needs to work on this or she needs to work on this and then you end up just being able to diversify your coaching like so well it's it's pretty pretty awesome i got a question for trevor (laughs) how do you think coaching has affected your own vaulting i don't know not a whole lot i don't think i think that when I say something to Jake after a vault, I s- feel like I sound like one of the kids that vaults here. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty accurate. That's, <laughs> that's, I think, the biggest difference that I've like the thing that I've noticed the most is when I say something, I'm like, man, I just sound like I'm just a member at Rise. <laughs> that's that, which I is basically are, dude. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Rise Elite. That's what people, I think, people have a misconception of like. Like elite vaulters, obviously there's differences, but it's like just doing the kind of the same things just on a much bigger level, like a much higher level. Like Luke's still using cues that he was using when he was in seventh grade. That, no, that's a crazy thing. You know, <laughs> like I'll like say I, I'll say something sometime, and you and I will both be like, "Man, Dad told us that back in like yeah. 2006." Right. You know, and it's like. People but, overcomplicate this yeah. event, I think, a lot. Energy in, energy out. Like, there's just a lot of simple stuff to pole vault to. The one thing that you said the other day is you were like, you know what's weird about a pole vaulter's career is a lot of time they start off and it's like, man, it's I don't care about anything and I'm just like here, you know, the first couple, first year of their vaulting, they're like, I don't really care. Like, this is awesome. I'm just pole vaulting. This is really cool. And then they start to complicate things year two, three, four, five, six, however many of those uh, it goes. And then as they get older, they start to recognize that they just start going back to that seventh or eighth grade person who started mentality of, okay, I don't care about what anybody else is doing. I'm just going to like, 
you know, not care as much and really try to just execute a couple simple cues, they end up jumping higher. (laughs) And so you go through like a big process of like a decade of trying to learn and well, and you do learn, but like think, find the like thing that's like the golden ticket. And then you find out the goal, the golden ticket was just getting to the mentality that you were when you were a little kid. Yeah. It's like you just do a big circle. Like you don't care. You're just having fun. And then you just go through this super tumultuous, tumultuous time. (laughs) You go all the way around and you're just trying to figure it out. Like what's the silver bullet? Like what can I do? Like there's got to be one thing that's going to help me. And you just, just try so, so hard. And then you come all the way back around and you're so exhausted that you're just like, I just don't care. And I think, and then you end up doing really well. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what's cool too, though, is I feel that as a coach too, because like, I remember dad teaching me, I was, we were talking about this in the same conversation where like our dad taught us how to coach as well. Like he was a teacher. Our mom was a teacher. You were a teacher. I was the only one in my family that wasn't, but our dad like spent summers teaching us how to coach just as much as he taught us how to pole vault. So like Mm. at the pole vault camp, he would sit next to me and be like, you're going to coach this whole session, but I'm going to tell you how to go about doing it. And it was very simple stuff. You guys keep talking. That's a poll order. Oh, there we go. Uh, It was very simple stuff. And then you go through an entire, you know, time of maybe overcomplicating things as a coach, as you get more mature and feel like you have this sort of knowledge of like, okay, now I need to think of my own ways of doing things which is important, but then you start recognizing that as you get better as a coach, I feel like it also does the exact same thing where you simplify it again and you you go from like simple, like learning how to do it. It's like, hey, my dad's telling me, you know, keep it simple, try to make sure you're focused on big things. And then you start focusing on intricacies and you start realizing that that's not working too well. And then you're like, you know what? You just need to kind of, you know, you tell the athlete, you need to focus on some bigger things, like some simple, you know, energy in, energy out type situations. And then it, you know, is the exact same cycle as the elite pole vaulter goes through, I think. I, I completely feel that. Yeah. Um, like, especially coaching. It's like, I, sometimes I, I like try, so like I'm trying to figure out a way to get someone to do something and, and we just like go so in depth with it. And I'm like, oh, if you do this or you move this or you focus on this. And then I'm like, all right, you know what? We just need to come back and break it down. And sometimes it's as easy as on the foot, on the back, on the side. Yeah, and you realize how how much those actually teach, and just getting into the right position there can just like, hey, so how do I get on the side? Sometimes I'll be like, dude, just land on your side. Like, just (laughs) simply, just try to land on your side. Like, it's it's sometimes as simple as okay, we have like we were talking about a straight pole drill that we do. Well, I'll go back to the on the back. Like some kids will be like, why can't I land on my back? And I'm like, you're just not committing to actually landing on your back. Dude. You know, I, it's, it's that thing. simple. There's, sometimes kids get off the pit and ask me like how to like land on their back or land on their side or just do some sort of cue or something. And they're like looking for like a specific magic way to say it. Yeah. And probably like 30% of the time, maybe 40% of the time, I'm just like, you kind of just got to do it, man. Yeah, because like <laughs> eventually if you learn that movement, it's like, okay, you learn the movement. Okay, now we can try to get a little more intricate with it, and that's okay. But until you've learned how to do that, if you're starting off with intricacies of a brand new beginner trying to land on their back and you're telling them, 
they got to move their arm and bend their, you know, allow their left arm to relax and do- drop their head back and do it. Like you give them too much stuff and they're going to not land on their back. Yeah, probably. Dude. I remember I used to teach martial arts and I was trying to teach someone how to do a 540 kick. And I was like, you know, you got to torque your hips like this and you got to <laughs> make sure you, you're turning your head and you got to do this and do that. And he just couldn't do it. And then my dad comes over and he's like, Hey, your foot's here and you just got to, when you land, put it here. And then the dude did it first try. Yeah. And it was just put your foot there. And that's because he's a sensei. <laughs> that's, that's your dad. That's exactly like how it is with like pole vaulting though. I remember me, uh, you know, coaching like a beginner and being like, you know, like you're, whenever you're coming through takeoff, you're doing this and that and this and that. And my dad would be like, hey, stay tall. Like he'd just say that and the kid would figure it out. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Probably just needed to chill on that. <laughs> just tell them something pretty simple that they can try to think about, you know. Give them 20 things, they can't think about 20 things. That's been my favorite motto here is simple but effective. Simple but effective, minimum effective dose. What are you doing if you're just wasting your breath if you're complicating it? Like, so it's just a waste of time. I was saying the uh, whenever you were gone, the cycle is almost the exact same as a coach, as an elite or a long career pole vaulter. Oh, yeah, yeah. You start off learning like we started off learning from dad, hey, you got to coach, you got to keep it very simple, try to make sure that they understand the big points and the big movements and leave it at that as best you can. Obviously, you have to get intricate sometimes. And then you go on in your career as a coach and you start, you know, not that you get big headed, but you start thinking that there's, you know, other ways maybe, or you start thinking about smaller intricate details and it starts throwing the athlete off. And then you find yourself going back to, hey, you just need to, you know, focus on this big movement. Yeah. And but they don't, they, a lot of times they don't want that though. I know. That's the thing that's they, hard. They want the more complicated, like. Plug it into the calculator. Yeah. And like they enter. want like, well, it couldn't be that, you know, it couldn't be that little tiny fix. Like it's got to be something more complicated. Right. And it's almost like, uh, you have to like put on a show, like. Instead of, and, and that's what I, as I get older as a coach, I'm just like, man, I'm just tired of putting on the show, man. I'm tired of putting on the show, like overcomplicating this. Like this is, who, who is at the door right now? Like it's Jet. Oh. Big J. Yeah. Big Jet in the house. <laughs> um, How are we doing over there, Wood? Good. Good. Uh, I just don't want to put on the show anymore. It's like. I know the most efficient way for you to get this done. And I'm just going to tell you the most efficient way. You don't need to know like why it works like all the time. So just do that Try and, to do it, it. and it'll, <laughs> it'll be fine, you know, but it's and like, you don't have to know the reason. Like, like I understand some kids want to know the reason and stuff, but sometimes like how you've told me, like the less time you can spend thinking about your pole vaulting, the better it's going to be. Like if you just get on the runway and you try to, execute a a cue let's say if you're constantly you know coming off the pit and you're like well why though like why 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 and you keep trying to get too much information well then i'm forgetting what you even told me to do and then i get on the runway and i'm like wait i know why he told me what i should do but i don't know what he told me to do and then you get off the pit and you start that cycle again and it's like if it's like hey you need to hit a higher get your hips above your shoulders a little further keep it as simple as that and not you know understand why but maybe save that for after the workout one thing i found to be important is to make sure they understand that you you know why yeah and you're not just saying something simple like oh well let's move it in a foot 
And they're like, well, no, that's not what, what I was doing. You know, it felt really weird. My plant was weird and I, I fell off at the top. Well, it's like, no, it's because you were too far out and you were leaning forward and all that. And we have this in our head and how it affects the top. Mm -hmm. um, but if they know that you know that, then sometimes it can be easy for them to be like, oh, okay, just move it in a foot. Oh, so yeah. So, yeah. so it's not always explaining it, but if they know that, that you know why. Right. And then explaining it to them later. I think yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. like letting them just, you know, execute it for now, but then giving them details after maybe sometimes. Yeah. 100%. Um, so what do you, is your dad a sensei? Like what is a sensei? <laughs> so sensei is Japanese. Okay. Um, so I got Trevor, Trevor knows, yeah. Trevor knows, he knows Japanese. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he is, uh, he is in Taekwondo. He's a grandmaster. I'm learning Japanese. Just, just barely. Just to be clear. Right. <laughs> he, yeah. Grandmaster. You were getting around when, uh, uh, grandmaster Wood. Yep. That's freaking sick, dude. That is a sick name. That's <laughs> Imagine having that be your name on Instagram. Yeah. Right. Are you? I'm not. What are you? How how could you be a grandmaster? Uh, you got to be not? a seventh degree black belt. That's how many do you got? Are you a black belt? That's I am a black like belt. How many? Of training, but right? I'm not. I'm a fifth. <sighs> Two more. Yeah, so what it takes a while. What separates you from being a fifth and a seventh? Pretty much time. just time. Yeah, time doing it. Showing that like a lot of times then it becomes after like fourth is like you're considered master and then like they want to see that you can teach it mm. and and that becomes a big part of it and and like to get to a certain level like you have to have your own school and your own students and be able to pass it on um that's pretty cool did you ever do american ninja warrior or try it i, I feel did, like i, I did try it well i submitted a tape for it they actually got back to me and they said hey we like it but we need you to change a couple things in it uh, but it was the same time that I was going off to do that Marvel tour. So I had to decline it. Yeah. Tell us about the Marvel tell tour. Tell us about the Marvel yeah. tour. The yeah, Marvel? Look at this. this. Everyone's <laughs> learning everything about Grandmaster Wood over here. Yeah. Uh, so I. Hold on. Like, oh, well, you guys won't know. It's like Grandmaster Flash. <laughs> no. Yeah. You guys don't know. Sorry. Okay, never what mind. is that from? Uh, he's a rapper or a DJ. Oh, okay. Yeah producer no don't know the DJs. Grandmaster flash all mm -hmm. right anyway yeah so i uh one day i woke up at like three in the morning and i was like dude i don't know what i'm doing right now I'm with your life with my life right i was teaching at the time and i just didn't really want teaching to. school yeah i was an elementary pe teacher mm. Mm -hmm. runs in the rise Jake family <laughs> yep <laughs> yep and like it was it was fine like i i did have Props a good time doing it but i I just knew I didn't want to do it long term. Um, and I looked at myself in the mirror. And I'm like, I am not going to leave this spot until I tell myself what I want to do. And it in was like mirror? this in the mirror. Yeah. Your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to have a visual. <laughs> really visualize it. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that. But I was looking myself in the eye. And, in the mirror? Uh, <laughs> in the mirror. Just one of the eyes. In the mirror. In the mirror, you're... Staring at myself in the mirror. Have you ever tried to look at yourself in the mirror in the eyes? Yeah. It's interesting. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Keep going. It's a good time. I've tried it a couple times. It's kind of... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, dude, I want to be like in movies. Mm. And so 
uh, I, I just like started looking up like how, how to get into like how to be an actor or stuff like that. Um, and then I found like this casting site and I saw this audition that was in Chicago that weekend. So I drove to Chicago and it was for Marvel Universe Live. It was like this traveling tour where it's like, it's like Disney on ice, but with Marvel characters and you fight each other and, and like in stadiums and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and I went out for it and I got it. And so I was Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow. I don't um, know what that is. I don't know is. who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Jake and I don't know anything about well, that. Trevor, stuff. you know what Star-Lord yeah, is? Star -Lord? He's the, the Chris Pratt plays yeah. in the movies. So he's not the so little what, raccoon? So what movie? No. What? He's Guardians like the of the character. Galaxy. So Guardians of the Galaxy was like, like you were the movie Chris Pratt. I was Chris Pratt's character. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's so, up. So, Good but like you. we did these, uh, so it'd be like performing, right? But I wasn't like mic'd up because there were like 50 different people. It was like all Marvel characters. Hmm. So- uh, we had to use like voiceovers and stuff. So my voiceover was like the the older brother on like Saved by the Bell. Or no, no, on Boy Meets World. On Boy Meets World, the older brother. Wait, wait. Was, so you guys were doing? I was like acting, performing and, and fighting, and like, I would like it was lip syncing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's another person doing the. But no, it was pre-recorded. Oh, okay. So I, I just had to memorize the lines and then yeah. like do this. But were you he ever played off? it like super high pitch. So it was like, hey, guys, look who's here. Star-Lord in the house. Oh, man. <laughs> like, so embarrassing. Is that what how they many actually people, said? How many people are at these things? Twelve. It, it, no. <laughs> no, it would like like fill up stadiums. Like it would be like so like if you so went to like, like indoor arena. Like a, so like if you went to like the Chicago, like Allstate Arena, it would fill that up. Oh, wow. So it's like legit. Like, or like, like theaters. Yeah. Like you'd be on like theater in theaters and stuff, I assume. It'd be like, no, it'd be like, like no. hockey arenas and like. Oh, yeah. So like all, yeah, all state. Have you ever been to Disney on ice or seen it? No, but I've been to all state arena. Yeah. That's legit. Dude. That's a lot of people. That's like 10,000 people that. or more. Is that over 10,000? It's got to be over 9,000. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's got to be over 9,000 at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So it's not oh. like medieval times. No, it was it was a lot bigger. Okay, medieval times is pretty big, right? I love medieval times, dude. Yeah. Medieval times, times is cool. Is legit. Yeah, we were at so that really was quick because like, I want to get yeah. back to this, but we were at medieval times and my daughter, <laughs> my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, we were sitting there eating the thing, and everyone's quiet around, just watching the show, and then like the dude would like they would be fighting, and the dude would like go down and Lacey would stand up and just go off with his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. She just kept screaming it like multiple dude. times. I was like, did Lacey stop <laughs> <laughs> off with his head? It was so funny, dude. That's hilarious. Okay. So back oh, in this, so you start traveling around with this Marvel, like Marvel thing. universe live. Is this, Two. is this like a nationwide thing? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a nationwide thing. Uh, when I started on with it, they did like some international tours as well. Um, but this was going to be like the U S tour. Mm. Um, yeah. So I started with that. I was only with them for a few months. Uh, cause I, my knee was pretty Messed bad. Your knee up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was a really cool experience. I mean, so your knee was that. so bad that you couldn't like, cause you had, yeah, I remember had one like day, fall, like we finished, stuff. we finished doing it and I was like walking off to like go and get changed and stuff and dude i was like dragging my leg like limping and one of the producers saw me and they're like what are you doing right now 
Do they like ever put you... those guys on like juice or anything? Like like stem cells or like no. do they get juiced up or anything? Probably should have though. That'd <laughs> been good. I mean you it's like professional wrestling. You yeah. gotta get in the ring. Right. You you gotta figure it out. Right? Quickly, can you explain your uh shameless thing? Like the show Shameless? Yeah. So I mean I, I, I don't know do, what it, I, I don't know what it was. I didn't do but, much on there. All right. Um, you were in Shameless? No, Dude, this guy is this is lip famous All right. actor. <laughs> so Something so after lip, though, after right? that happened, I came back um, and I started getting into like stunts. Mm. Um, so on Shameless, I wasn't actually doing stunts at the time, but I did meet the Chicago PD stunt director on there, mm. um, and that was like a good connection for that. So I was just uh, doing stand-in for Lip. Um, okay. So Jeremy Allen White on there. And I was just like, I would go in and, you know, they would set up the cameras and stuff. And like, I'd go through it and walk the direction and things like that. Uh, but then eventually started getting into the stunts and things like that. So I did do a fight scene with him, though, once in oh, the bear nice. uh, with Jeremy Allen White. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Really? Last That's episode cool. of the bear. So Wait, you're it was it? like this. Yeah. So I'm. Wait, I, actually? Yeah, yeah. But this is—it's like dude, Amber it's, like loves that show. Really? Yeah, I gotta tell her. I gotta—we gotta look for L- you. Now. Last episode of season one. Wow. That's actually hilarious. That's Amber's gonna really love it even crazy. more now. I gotta remember to tell her about that. What did you do? Like, in the uh, it's fight? just this like, dude. The thing that's crazy is we rehearse this whole fight scene, and then you know you get to it on the day, and they end up scrapping it, and they're just like, "All right, just uh, just kind of, yeah, yeah." <sighs> So then, you know, they're like, all right, just uh, tussle here and go over here and, and do this. And we're like, okay. Um, and that's just kind of how it happens. But yeah, we like, we do this little fight and then like he comes in and, and we're like, like breaking it up. And then someone gets punched and it's like, oh shoot, like this got serious. Like this person just got knocked out. Hold on. And that for was real? The scene. They got no, no, oh, no, that okay. was, no, that was the scene. Right, and got then you, got scene. And scene. <laughs> that's wild, man. <laughs> That's super cool. So they have you like wear the wig, like to make your hair look like his? Uh, no, 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 not when I was on that. Um, yeah, it was and just because you're like the same like size and like skin complexion like and stuff bit. like that. Yeah, it was just it was just like yeah. So that they I think get like the camera set so he doesn't have to face and skin color and stuff was similar. Mm-hmm. Um, biceps a little bit, weren't the same though. Biceps mm-hmm. were not the biceps same. Biceps were not the same. Biceps I was a little bit taller than him. Um, yeah. Right. Is he really like, short? Pretty. He's pretty short. Yeah. Over over five feet. <laughs> over <laughs> five feet tall. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I've always thought like whenever we were talking about, I actually on my phone last night, I was searching through pictures for some sort of thing. And there was a screenshot of the first text I sent to you in 21 that was like, hey, are you still interested in coaching at Rise? Because I had asked you like a couple times before mm-hmm. that, and you were like, no, nah, I'm doing the acting, I'm doing the acting. And then I reached out again, and on that one it was, uh, yeah, I'm interested. When do you want to talk? And it's just it's just pretty, pretty wild. And I, whenever I started reaching out to you, I had that in my back, like in the back of my head, because I was like, okay, he's doing – like all of these acting and things like that. And then you used to make those videos with your dad's, uh, mom and dad's, uh, do you call it a dojo? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a dojang. No, <laughs> I swear. No, it's not. <laughs> now we're just making up stuff. 
Is that Japanese? It's, I don't know. Bojangles? <laughs> Dojang. Mm. So what's the difference between a dojo and a dojang? Dojo is Japanese. Dojang is Korean. And Taekwondo is... Korean. Really? I didn't know that. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I think I knew that. So anyway, yeah. So you started making this. (laughs) I just... John, his family used to go to Korea. South Korea. Dude. To be clear. (laughs) To be clear. clear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm the only one who hasn't, actually. Yeah. It's very oh, disappointing. Wow. Yeah, my dad Casey, took all Casey my brothers. Casey used to like every year, or or at least he did one time. Like in college, he went. Casey's his brother. I vaulted in college with, but I remember him being like, "Yeah, we're going to Korea." Why didn't you get to go? I don't know. <laughs> that was the disappointment. Apparently, <laughs> dude crazy. had to run the bow jangle or whatever it's called. <laughs> the bow jang. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. I didn't uh, know that. But you used to make these videos uh, and I used to, like, they used to be really funny and, like, I was just like, you know what? They But they started progressively, like, just getting better and you started, like, using more, like, special effects and stuff like that. And I was like, I always wanted, like, a media component to rise. And I was like, you know, <clears throat> you might look at that <clears throat> and think, like, oh, that's just silly or whatever. Those same skills they transfer directly over to any sort of editing and filming and things like that. And then couple that up with all of the stuff that you learned, like doing with acting and stuff like that. I was like, man, he would be probably really, really good at wanting to do that. And I was like, you know, if he knows how to coach, then that's, that's a really good option. And then I remember sitting you down and just being like, all right, Cause we were, we were like, all right, well, how could you get a salary? Like, how could we justify it or whatever? And in my head, I was like, well, we gotta, we gotta bring in, you know, this much money to be able to cover Wood's salary. And, and it should probably be more money than would cover his salary. And all of these different things kept going through my head. And we were like, well, you could sell polls. You could, you could do this. You could do that. You can do that. And then eventually, like, I just got tired of it. And I was like, why am I doing this? And like, why, why are we doing this? And I was like, I want the people who come here and work here to like find it fulfilling. And so I just sat down and I was like, if you could do one thing, what would it be? And you were like, I want to like produce content. And I was like, all right. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to make any money doing that. (laughs) But I was like, if it's something that you want to do, you're going to do a good job at it. Where if you're doing something that you don't like doing, then it's just like, you're not going to, it's just going to be garbage and you're just going to show up and be like, Oh, I got to do this again. So that was really, really cool. Whenever you, you took that on. And, and I think that that added like a whole new dimension to what we do here, man. Here's a quick fact. We had less than 2000 followers on Instagram a year ago today yeah and we have like right at nine thousand now we got over over nine thousand or over nine thousand folks <laughs> yep yep and honestly it's all because of wood man like you literally just took it and just made it into something really cool and i always tell you this all the time whether it becomes something that is like you know helps us out financially or not it's just cool. And like, whenever I see it, I'm like, that made my day better. 
Well, and there's no doubt that, and that's worth a lot. That many more eyes on Rise is a reason why more people come here and more people go to our meets. More people want to represent us with merch. More people want to buy polls from us. Like there's countless ways where that content, even if like directly posting the video doesn't make money, that it benefits us both as uh, financially, but also as just like a brand of wanting to grow our name more yeah, too. Right. It's just like marketing at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 And, and, and then there just wasn't any, I mean, after Sean, like Sean did his, uh, Sean Francis is, you know, did a great job and still does a great job with like his content and stuff, but they're just, there's more space for more people to do it. And like, it we talked a lot about just wasn't anything there like that you could just be like all right i'm gonna log on to instagram and i'm gonna find high quality content about the thing that i like to do which is pole vaulting and you had really one option and it was sean you know and he he's awesome but i was just like man if you're a, if you play football you got a million options yeah. <laughs> of things that you can go and look and watch and you have like hardly any options in the pole vault it's just like so i mean my thing is is like and and the cool thing about with your your stuff is i've seen a direct correlation with when you started producing high quality content pole vault content uh for rise other gyms and clubs are like, you know what? 100%. That's man. awesome. Let's do that too. And that's what we want. We want more people to be like, all right, let's produce really good content that people like to consume. And, and like I said, just makes their day better and has something for a pole vaulter to be a fan of, you know? Yeah. yeah. And short form too. Like we had talked about that a lot where we produce long form stuff every once in a while, but if you want a high school kid to digest it, it has to be short form in 2023, 2024. Like it's, yeah. it, that's just the nature of like where TikTok, Instagram, all YouTube, even like YouTube shorts, all of it is very short form. And so we wanted something that kids can also go on. And like you said, like a football player can quickly go on and see a quick tip about how to get better at a certain thing on route running, but right. there isn't that for pole vault. And I, we wanted people to be able to scroll through and not just see, you know, it's cool to see Mondo jump a world record or somebody do a cool slow-mo vault, but also be able to have some content that's educational in that way. That's like quick to the point, you know, obviously some other stuff that we need to go into detail for, we put into a long form, but quick tips and stuff like that is something that's never been in the pole vault world. And right. now I think, you know, John's the one kind of running that show. And that's been a really hard uh, thing to figure out is at the beginning we were like, yeah, let's do a lot of long form, you know, stuff like in depth. Let's let the people know like what it is that like exactly they need to do. And we started to do that. And then it was just like, dude, and you can see all the analytics, like, dude, people are swiping out of this like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't want no. it. They don't want it. And so then we would come to John and we would, cause we all come to him with like ideas. We're like, Hey, we should do a video on this or we should do a video on this. And then usually you're like, yeah, man, let's do it. And then you pitch him the idea and then it's like, okay, yeah. And John will be like, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. How can we get that down to six seconds? <laughs> yeah and it's like minimum effective dose it's like we always say 
I remember when you said that you were like, yeah, you got like six to eight seconds max. And I'm like, well, how am I going to get all this in six to eight seconds? Cause and you would uh, always make me retake <laughs> stuff too. Dude. I, Cause I talk so much. You would just be like, all right, dude. Yeah, that was great. Great take. It, you got to cut out 90% of what you said. Well, because you got the PE teacher in you. So, like, there was times where I would be behind John, like, watching you do it. And it'd be one where you're walking down the runway saying, like, hey, guys, you know, it's Jake here at Rise Pole Vault, blah, blah. And John would be like, dude, you already have to have the video done by the time you just finished your name, you know? It's so hard. It's It's gotten a lot better, though. I remember the amount of takes we had to do was insane at the beginning. Yeah. Oh. Now we're just... We really all try to do it in one take. Yeah. Sometimes you get the giggles, though. Dude, that's what's <laughs> you funny. You get the giggles. John and I, it's the other bad. day, we were trying to film something, and he stumbled on the word visual. There we go. <laughs> on the word uh, visualization. Right. And we just, it was like, I felt like Will Ferrell and like whoever just like, could not stop laughing and we just every time we got to a point i was like smirking behind the camera and he would just be like dude put it together like hold it together right. and I we know. just like couldn't do it so we had to put it on the back burner and then we showed up the next day and it still like he said it correctly and we still were just like <laughs> hey you're so, so patient too you're so patient with us too like that is yeah, that's that was one thing that's was hard for me is I felt like I was letting you down every time I would mess up a take. No. And you just were like, Hey, that's all right, man. Just let's do it again. And then, you know, you just, if I say something and you're like, Hey man, that was good, but we just got to run it back one more time. And it's, it's crazy. Like people, I don't think people realize how much goes into it. Like mm -hmm. for that little bit of, you know, of content like there's a lot that goes into it man and like there's a lot that like you to be consistent with something it's really tough it's just like the podcast the podcast is so hard to be consistent with man it's so difficult because there's you got to find people and you got to schedule them and you got to you know, do all this stuff. And, and it's really crazy. It looks on the outside, like filming social media stuff. Like I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to do that. But then once you start, it's like, holy cow, man, this is a full-time job. Like literally like that's like what wood does, you know, like you coach too, obviously, but it's crazy how much time it takes to be able to do it. And sometimes like we come in and we're like, Oh man, I don't know if I really want to film anything. Like, could you just get the camera out of my face right now? But it's just like, no, can't get the camera out of my face. <laughs> like yeah. you got to just keep, we're rolling. out of content. Like if we're, if it's like, Hey, no, we're coming up on like the last couple of videos of content. And John's like, dude, we got to film like three or four things today. Something. And that's just kind of how it is. It's like, all right, well one, take it, try to, you know, and if you can one, take it, you cut off half the time. Yeah, we have gotten a lot more efficient with it, though. Yeah, I think another thing, too, is just being comfortable behind the camera and your your own ability to to come out and express and act mm. is something that people don't understand is pretty hard. Yeah. like <laughs> You got so many good ideas, and then once that camera turns on... It's just... It just I don't know why. I, I don't, don't know, know why. why either. It's like, I'm looking at the camera right now, and it's just like intimidating just looking right back at you yeah like like wood looking at himself in the eyes in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> i ain't moving John yeah Lee. so how long did you stay there uh 
not that long actually probably like in the mirror five minutes wait the, the mirror <laughs> yeah oh my wow. gosh i thought you meant the whole marvel wow. thing no he looked at himself in the mirror for 45 minutes he's pretty hard you're pretty hardcore dude like yeah. what, like he's very like push it to the next level yeah yeah i just failed a bench put five pounds on <laughs> yeah he's that kind of yeah. guy that yeah that's uh that's been like that for a long time man yeah but i one of these days we got to get a video on instagram of uh john doing his nunchuck routine i know i've been saying that for a long time if these ceilings are tall enough no i haven't they tall enough like this guy is it's insane he'll mess you up with nunchucks 100 percent. like those people that you see if you've ever seen somebody be like Throw it up in the air, do like a backflip, catch it, and f- you ever seen Bruce Lee? He does all that. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Yeah, you're gonna have somebody listening, like come and challenge you someday. Basically the same dude. I'll At be ready? Reno. Do you still yeah, got? Be it? I'll be waiting. <laughs> At Reno, Reno 2024. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> bring, bring your nunchucks. Actually, don't. Yeah, please don't. don't. Not hey, we got on the flight. You remember? You and I and Josh for some reason all came home from a trip with to Tennessee with nunchucks yeah we got and you got like and, uh, crystal ones crystal nunchucks mm. <laughs> they were like a switchblade switch <laughs> like an illegal switchblade wait inside the nunchucks no 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 no, no, no. no. there was we a, all got dude, like tennessee i got a pair like of nunchucks West, josh man. got a pair of nunchucks jake, jake got a pair of nunchucks that were like crystal and glass because in pigeon forge we were coming back from the smoky mountains and like we stopped in pigeon forge and there was i think it was pigeon forge it was either that or gatlinburg and the big warehouse they got i mean it said it's kni- it literally man. said like knives nunchucks yeah. guns throwing stars <laughs> throwing stars stun that guns. was and it didn't even have a name of the store it just was called like stun guns <laughs> <laughs> throwing yeah. stars and knives and more and you just walk in it's like a jewelry shop you know it's like glass cases and you're just like, hey, can, can I look at the, let me see those crystal ones over there. Let me see the crystal glass, crystal glass nunchucks. Bad. Could you do, like, do you uh, just use the, you use the foam ones, don't you? No, he uses the <laughs> no, wooden I have, ones. No, I have the wooden ones. Yeah. The wooden ones. It makes sense. That's his last name. Ooh. The the thing is like those crystal ones though, or like really you get like, if you want to make them look good, you get like the plastic ones mm. that are like, that have some sort of flashy or like reflective surface on them or like holographic surface so and then it's like kinda. yeah it shines and every time it like passes through the light it just looks like it goes way faster i mean these i might still have them they yeah, are they're, they're they, mom and dad's i'm pretty sure they are legit yeah and then yeah so i came back with the crystal nunchucks throwing stars i i have i straight up have the throwing stars at my house yeah I and have the throwing stars at my dude, house and throwing and knives. I asked I if I could get a stun too. gun, but mom and dad wouldn't let me. Well, that's what's there. funny is like I was probably seven or eight, but I got throwing knives for some reason. <laughs> and I, like <laughs> I got, I, got a, I have a set of three throwing knives and I will post them on my story if I find them, but they're at my house right now. Don't post them on your story. That would look really <laughs> Just like, hey, here's my throwing knife. Look at myself in the mirror. Look at myself in the eyes in the mirror with a couple throwing knives. Dude. That would be a little off brand. Yeah, it would. It would be like all pole vaulting content. Throwing knives. Throwing knives. <laughs> and then here's another jump from today. <laughs> so my parents do a tournament every year. Mm-hmm. And you know what they give as prizes? Crystal nunchucks. To little kids. They give live swords, like sharp Whoa. swords. 
Like real swords? Like wow. real swords. Yeah, they had swords at this place too. They had swords. They had the ball and chain. Like the, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. stick. <laughs> the flail. The stick with the chain. and <laughs> But it, it had spikes on the ball. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Is it a mace? Mace. They had. Is that uh, what it is? I think no. It, it should be a flail. I think because oh. the mace is without the chain. Yeah, they had oh. like the battle axes. Battle axes for yeah. sure. Jeez. Good stuff. Well, because you're you're good at uh, what's it called? Gumdo. Gumdo is the swords. Yeah. Yeah, because remember I, uh, in I remember. college you, I was like, just bring the swords over, and we'll fight. I, with I the was swords. like, try to hit me. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, you were like, yeah, try. To, it was in my dorm room. Yeah, here's your sword. Here's my sword. In the dorm room try in to, North Central. Try to hit <laughs> and I was like, I was like, are you sure? And I tried to hit him. Did I you? really tried to take his head off. No? Wow. And this dude had me. I mean, he would have sliced me up. I would have wow. been Sliced done. And diced. I would have been done. Yeah, that's that is cool. See, yeah, you probably didn't know about his like whole background in no, martial arts and stuff. He's what? a oh, real yeah, martial either. artist. That's either all true or he's doing a Theo <laughs> yeah. Vaughn bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that uh Pigeon Fort, yeah, if you ever Tennessee That's they a can good kind spot. of just do kind of whatever mm -hmm. they want. Yeah. You don't find those in Chicago land. No, I don't think they have like taxes down there or something. They've it's property taxes or something. Different place, that's for sure. Beautiful country though. Hey, two best jumpers in the nation right now are going to Tennessee. Yeah. Paul, Paul, Paul and Maya. Yeah. Paul will be able to get as many nunchucks as he wants. <laughs> as many nunchucks as he wants. Get his whole dorm full. I wonder what would happen if you did, would TSA allow, I don't think they would allow nunchucks. Have you ever flown with your nunchucks? I think I have. I feel in like your, I have. Not in your carry-on. <laughs> no, not in the carry-on. No. I don't think. Yeah. That would be a pretty dumb thing be, to try to take yeah. a plane over with. Yeah, no. I've, I've put them in my, in my like, just suitcase it yeah yeah that's what's up yeah because you can fly with just about anything so trevor you got any, <laughs> <laughs> got any yeah good? what what any nunchuck stories any uh what's something what's it like in michigan grand rapids michigan big big trev the plug running the mean streets of grand rapids baby <laughs> i don't know man. it's you, nice it's nice there you got i like grand rapids it's a pretty good spot yeah it's a little snowy with a lake effect snow yeah right now got, i don't know oh I haven't I, been there in a while. We used to go up to Grand Valley, and every time we would go to Grand Valley, it would just be like three feet of snow. Oh, yeah. Yep. Dude, I got a good Michigan story. I tried <clears throat> to backpack in the middle of the winter in January in northern Michigan, three feet of snow, negative 10 real temperature. Is that with Crow? With, with my old high school coach. Yeah, we just started backpacking out there. And I was like, this is, it's going to be fine. He was freaked out, like really scared. Uh, he was like, Jake, I just am telling you right now, we were like pretty far out there into the trip and in the woods, sun's starting to go down. And he was like, dude, I am, I don't want to admit this, but I'm just letting you know, like I'm legitimately scared right now. Are we, is this going to be okay? And I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. It's, uh, you know, we got sleeping bags and all that stuff. And I remember laying in my tent that night and the whole entire inside of the tent is covered in ice. Like it's all ice. So it's like you're sleeping in like a little ice hut. And I gave him my zero degree sleeping bag. So, you know, 
I wanted to make sure he was good and I did not have my sleeping bag was not able to handle it. And I just started just jackhammering in the middle of the night and I woke up and was just couldn't control my shivering, get out a thermometer, put it under my armpit. And I brought a thermometer with just because I didn't wanted to know like if my body temperature was going to be getting too low and it was below 97. And I was like, we need to get out of here, man. And so I woke him up and I was like, we could need to hike out. Woke up at two in the morning, packed up all of our stuff and hiked out of there. Yeah. Michigan gets cold. Michigan's beautiful though, man. I love Michigan, mm-hmm. but they don't have the same sorts of stores like that in Michigan. Right? <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. I've noticed that since coming to Illinois, that it's a lot sunnier. Like, I don't know really? if it's the lake or something, but it's just like the last couple of years in Michigan, it's been cloudy, like probably like six months out of the year. Really? It's cloudy. And like, if there's a rainy day here, it's rainy for like a couple hours and yeah. then it clears up and then it's sunny by the end of the day. Yeah. And in Michigan, if it's rainy, it's rainy. It's like cloudy and gray for like three days and it's like rain on and off. That's I feel like wild. I kind of feel that too. Cause like whenever we go on like our salmon trip, I just feel like it was always gloomy. Like it was never yeah. really sunny. No, mm-hmm. no. Never. But that's kind of the fun in it. It's like yeah. from, you know? it's like uh, July and August are sunny. And then those are the months that you can like count on sun. And then the rest of the year is like hit or miss if it's going to be like sunny and warm. Right. Right. How have you been liking uh, living in Chicago? It's nice. I like it. Yeah. I like the city's nice too. Um, we're in the Gold Coast. We're just north of like downtown. Mm-hmm. And it's a good spot where we're like just close enough where we can like go and do stuff in the city, but it's not like we're in the city and there's like cars everywhere and people everywhere and stuff like that. There's always something to do, man. Oh yeah. Always something to do there. Yeah. There's that, a lot of fun, uh, winter, like Christmas things that, that are going on right now too. Yeah. There's like a, Mart. Yep. Yeah. It's me and Liv one. went there the, uh, couple weeks ago. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. We were going to buy a, an ornament for our tree. It was like 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. It was like a little, it was nice. I liked it. It was, but it was like a, a clay, um, stocking and it was like hand painted. And I was like, Oh, it's like, it's pretty nice. I'd pay probably like five or six bucks for it, but it's going to be expensive. So it'd be like $15. That's fine. Yeah. And we get to the counter and the guys like, that'll be $27. Holy I'm like, this yeah. thing's like four inches big, dude. Yeah. There <laughs> it's, it's hefty pricing no over there. The hot chocolate there is like 150 bucks. No, it's like <laughs> the hot chocolate there is like, 10 bucks or something yeah, like I that. I think I paid like, nine for mine. It, it was yeah, $4 crazy. to get a marshmallow in the hot chocolate. <laughs> Actually? Yeah. Did you go recently? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the marshmallow. <laughs> $4 for a marshmallow in the hot chocolate. Man, I'd pay it though. That's crazy. <laughs> get a bag of marshmallows for $4. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But you got like a really cool setup. Like you got like the rooftop oh, yeah. uh, on your apartment and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend Liv did a really good job of like searching for a, a place for us, and um, this one that we got is like just a like regular apartment building, but they have, just have a rooftop, and it's like right in between um, North Ave Beach and Oak Street Beach, and so we just have like a great view of the water and the city, and we can see the Hancock Tower and stuff, and go up there in the summer, super nice, just to like lay in the sun for a few hours. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of people who would pay like a very high price to have that, so. I don't know how much you're paying, but 
It's probably yeah, it's not ridiculous. Re- it's not ridiculous, but like it's more that's than pretty I good. Pay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty good to have like a rooftop, especially in like Chicago. Chicago, like you're yeah. in the city where you could see all that stuff. That's pretty sweet. It's also nice being right on the water too, because I can walk across Lakeshore and just hop in the lake. That's and really sick. Get that little ice bath going. Oh, yeah. Have you been keeping up with that? No, I was about to say. I've been taking cold, cold showers. Gotcha. Taking cold showers in the morning, but. Um, yeah, the lake's a little bit harder to get into than of course. Yeah, there was there was a too, there was dude. like I've a been stint. doing it like once a week. Yeah. I remember there was a stint where you were like doing it like pretty regularly, like a couple times a week maybe. Mm-hmm. And then there was like the week where it was like twenty for some reason. <laughs> and I came in and I was like, hey, Trev, you hit the lake today? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, No, not no. today. No. It's it's just that if I was if I could walk ac- like out my apartment and be on the beach, that w- I'd do that every morning. Yeah, but the fact that I have to walk—it's like a five-minute walk, and it's probably like a ten-minute total like travel time to get to the just Mm -hmm. getting out of my apartment building and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's just enough time where I got—I can really think about how cold it's going to be when I get in the water. Yeah, and it just sucks the whole time. The ten-minute travel back up (laughs) too, (laughs) like back up to the apartment with the wind blowing. Yeah, I wanted to do it like in um, before it got really cold. I was like, I'm doing this every morning, and then it got really cold, and I was like, I'm doing this once a week. (laughs) Yeah. It's tough, man. It's keeping up with the cold, cold water immersion is yeah. Because you difficult. have a, I just a got a, a trough, like a, a horse trough in my backyard that I go in, and the problem is, is like you got to pay like seven, like five, seven G's to get like a real nice ice bath that mm-hmm. like actually cools it down, and with what I have, it's just cooled naturally. So like, I just put water in it, and then the air you know, cools it. Have but, you been doing it again? Yeah. But the problem, yeah, I do it pretty regularly, probably like three, four times a week, I would say. But the problem is, is that once it starts to get too cold, then the ice on top, like you can't crack through it. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you can crack through like a couple inches of ice, no problem. And just break it all up and then, and then jump in. But uh, once it starts to get like four inches of ice on top of it, like you're not gonna be able to do it. So what I've heard is you could put a bunch of salt in it, like oh, yeah. Epsom salt or something like that. And then it, it will lower the temperature that it would freeze at. Yeah. Wouldn't that make the water like really like dangerously cold though? Right. And that's what I'm nervous about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the ocean though, probably. Right. Or is that why it gets colder? Uh, like if you add salt to it or I don't know. No, it just, it, it just lowers. I'm not a chemist, but like it, it lowers the temperature that the water would freeze at. So instead of like 32, it'd be like 28 degrees. Mm. And so the water can sit a liquid at 30 degrees instead of 32 or 33. Mm. And supposedly there's not a lot of evidence saying that anything below 50 degrees does anything more for you. Like that's supposedly that's what I've read is that yeah, I don't know what the lifetime <laughs> one is that I use, but it's probably 45 or yeah, something like I think that. like 45 like, I don't know what it is, is probably really good. You just want to shock yourself. You just want to shock yourself and your body releases those hormones and, and does all of the processes that, that hormesis, that process of hormesis. And then after that's done, whether if that happens at 50 degrees or if that happens at 36 degrees, it doesn't like it already happened. You know? Yeah. Like I, it's cold. It's just, it's not, it's like really cold, 
but there, I've had ice baths where I like filled it up with way too much ice. Yeah. And then I'm sitting in there and like your, your toes start like actually like tingling and you're like wondering what's going on with it. Yeah. Like it doesn't get that cold. The other thing, <laughs> I don't really like that feeling either. That's kind of freaky. The thing with the ice too that I run into is like I, my life, you guys know, like it's just high stress, man. Like what I do and like the things that I'm involved with. And then I have a family as well. Like it's just super high stress. So my body is just under stress majority of every day. Actually, Aura started uh, tracking um, daytime stress, which is really funny to look at when you look at mine because it, it has this metric uh, engaged. So it's like engaged or He's relaxed. Activated. Engaged, <laughs> activated. Engaged and stressed. And you shouldn't peek out over that stress one like too often. And dude, I'm hovering like right over that stress like a lot of the day. And so the reason I'm saying that is because if you're going to, you're already stressed in your normal life and then you're going to go and intentionally stress your body more by getting in the ice and then you're going to stress your body more by working out. And then all of a sudden your body is just like stressed the whole day, you know, like, and, and so your level of stress just gets so crazy. And so what I've always wondered is like, what's, what's the balance with that? Because if you, if you intentionally stress that body, you're, you're not only stressing, you're stressing your immune system too, whenever you get into that cold. Um, and so I always wonder if, like maybe I'm on the borderline of getting sick or something and then I go in the cold if that was the thing that pushed me over the edge, you know, to make it a full-blown sickness instead of just something that might have just like withered away mm-hmm. if I wouldn't have done it. And that's why I was, I don't know if I, I know I was talking to you about it, Luke, was uh, it's just so funny. Like I didn't work out one time last year. Like last year, I was just working on this place. That was my workout. You know, I was just work, not working out, no lifting weights, no nothing, man. It was just a sloth uh, in that department. And I didn't get sick one time. And then I started consistently working out this year. And I've been sick two times in one month, mm-hmm. you know. And so you just like, you forget that working out, working out is, I'm not saying working out is bad for you, of course. But working out stresses your immune system, you know? Yeah, you got to be able to plan for that and try to not overdo it. Yeah. If you can't, that's the hard thing. Well, and that's why, like, with you guys, with, I was talking with, uh, are we good? Are we good on video? It, It might be overheating. Okay, that's okay. We got the audio, so it is what it is. So I was talking with, uh, this girl the other day after class, and it was this girl and her mom, and she was like, yeah, like, I don't know what to do, like how many days I should jump at rise and how many days I should jump at my school and uh, how I should do their train, the training and and stuff like that. Um, and I've got all this schoolwork and I work a job and all of these things. And she was like, man, and it's just so hard because I just get sick all the time. Like I just constantly get sick and I'm like, well, that's because you, what I was just talking about, you're just completely stressing yourself to the point to where your immune system, your cup's too full and, and it's just overflowing. And like your immune system's like, well, I can protect you up to a certain point, but if you stress me beyond that point, I, I'm going to crack, you know? And I told her, I was like, well, 
the reason that the guys who I train, Trevor and Luke, squat once a week is because I'm trying to mitigate that too much stress. You know, like you squat once a week, you, you know, you squat early in the week and you, it's, it's pretty, it's a violent movement, especially if you put on a lot of weight. Like you, the other day I walked past the rack. I'm like, holy cow, dude, that's a lot of freaking weight. <laughs> and immediately after he's done, Trevor's done with his workout, I was like, Hey, how, how have you been feeling? Like, how's your body been feeling? Like, do you feel beat down at all? Or do you feel like this or that? Because what I'm looking for is I'm looking for, if you start, if you start to feel beat down because you did that squat workout, you're going to need seven days to bounce back from that, to squat again, you know? But the problem is, is a lot of people are under the assumption that more is better. So they squat on Monday, squat a lot of weight. Then they squat again on Wednesday and then they deadlift on Friday. And it's and like, they vaulted what you, on Tuesday and, and they vaulted on Tuesday and Thursday and they sprinted in between there and they benched in between there and they did pull-ups and they're they still not doing enough and they're working a job in their opinion. And, and, <laughs> and they're doing all of these things. And then they're like, yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm doing enough. What should I do? And then this is what they really don't want to hear. You should stop training so much. It's like, how could that get me better? How could that get me better? Guarantee if you reduce your load by 60%, Guarantee you start falling better. Guarantee you don't get sick as often, if at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just they're doing focused n- reps. Ninety percent rep versus just like reps. Ninety percent of people that. out there are just doing too much. Yeah. They're just doing too much, man. You're not a bodybuilder. Like if you're a bodybuilder, okay, yeah, maybe you squat twice a week, or maybe you're a, a power lifter. Okay, maybe maybe they're still they're, they're not they're, they're not, not though no. they're not like a power lifter is trying yeah. to lift heavy weight knows if they're good enough they know it takes seven to ten days to recover from like a heavy deadlift workout yeah you know or like but these a heavy people, squat workout these people think I'm gonna squat on Monday and then squat on Wednesday is like why why can't I jump very well you squat it like you're squatting too much. I took a day off, a day, dude, it takes a long time for your body to repair. It's, it's just, we're under this assumption that like, if you have a good night's sleep and then don't, and then rest one day that everything's fine. I had someone yesterday that the prior week, uh, she was a little bit off. I asked her what she did. She said she maxed out her squat. I was like, okay, well that's what's going on. Right. Don't, don't do that before you get here. Right. And then this week her steps way off and I'm like, What'd you do before this? She's like, well, I maxed out power clean. (laughs) (laughs) The tough part is that even if you're not sore from that and you come in the next day and you're like, oh, like my legs aren't sore. My my body's not sore. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go. Your central nervous system is still like getting fried from those workouts. That's like the main, I would say that's probably the main thing. Cause I've, I could show up to a workout and sometimes be a little sore if I there, you know, but if my central nervous system, because I just hit like a, season's best PR and squat and power clean in the same week. And I'm leading into a Friday vault day. Like I need to just understand what to expect, you know, Mm -hmm. and like understand, okay, Hey, this is going to be, that's why we do a really chill vault day on Fridays. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like you could be a little sore, but if you're coming in sore and you just hit your central nervous system to its max, like, do you think that if you're sore, your central nervous system's not 
taxed. If you're sore, yeah, that's probably. an indicator. Your body's like, hey, yeah. you're not going to be performing at your best. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to repair all those muscles that you bro- broke up the other day. And the other thing that's scary that that with me personally that I have felt and dealt with a lot in my athletic career is the way that my body works. Like some people, it seems like maybe they they react this way and some people don't, but DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. I will squat the next day. I will feel nothing. Zero. And then the following day, I will completely be crushed. It's so crazy. Like it really happens like that for me. It is one day delay. Hmm. Like, and I, and I don't know why that is. I have some theories as to why that is, but that is really scary because you do it and then the next day you wake up and you're like, dude, I feel fine. I feel totally fine. And then you don't realize what's happening in the background. So then you go and you train again and then all of a sudden, boom, now that now that uh, sets in and then you're sick, you know, like because you train too much or whatever. And that that's, you gotta, I think people really need to take away from this that you're, most likely unless you're an elite athlete that is being trained by somebody who knows what they're doing, you are most likely under training or overtraining. What do you think the percentage is of people in the United States who are overtraining? For pole vaulters specifically? It's everybody. Oh, like every just every every athlete? Just every athlete. Every athlete. Eighty I, I was going to say 90, uh, 80, 90%. And the other thing too, and I'm, I'll stop my rant here, but the other thing too is I've always had a hard time with, it's not a knock on college coaches, but there's just this thing where high school coaches will be like, well, wait till you get to college, wait till you get on a college program wait till you get on a college program. It may not be like that, but whenever I was younger, it was when you go to college, they just completely destroy you. Like it was just like you show up and it's like, okay, we're just going to crush you. Well, this is what a college program's like. This is what we do in college. I'm like, man, that's really far off the mark. And then you wonder why like, some kids have a hard time transitioning to college. They have a hard time transitioning you know? to college. So that that's another thing too that it's these kids they go they go to college. They they may train hard in high school, but then they go to college and and then in the fall they're doing 300 repeats, they're doing like a bunch of back squats, a bunch of these lifts that they maybe have never done before and their bodies are just getting beat down beat down, beat down. And then what happens whenever your body is beat down, your body thinks that it's dying. And then it's like, okay, every single calorie that you put into me, I am holding on to it as tightly as I possibly can, because I know that I'm going to need it because you continually are beating the crap out of me. You know what I'm saying? And so then all of a sudden it's like, what the heck? I'm training really, really hard and I just, I'm getting overweight and I'm getting like fat or whatever my freshman year. And it's like, you wouldn't think it, 
But if you start training less, your body's going to release those extra calories because you're sending the signal to your body. When you're training like that, super, super hard every day, day in and day out, you're sending the signal to your body that you are going to encounter a lot of stress tomorrow. And your body's going to hold on to reserves so that it makes sure that you have enough energy for the next day. Now, if you tell your body, you send the signal like, hey, we're going we're gonna to beat you up a little bit today. And then your body understands that the next couple days, it's not going to undergo that stress. It's going to be more likely to release that. It's just, it's all about signaling your body that's what and I there's some out. college coaches out there that do a really good job. Oh, yeah, of like, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, doing that. I think the hard thing is whenever you're in a program that a lot of the training, let's just say a pole vaulter, that a lot of the training that a pole vaulter specifically needs to do, they're being like all of the track athletes are being put in the same program with a strength program, which I understand a little bit because it is a team, but you know, then you're not tailoring the program to a pole vaulter who it kind of matters a lot more to maintain that power to body weight ratio. And you may not understand that as much as, I don't know. I mean, it, it matters a lot with sprinting speed too. I'm not trying to say that it doesn't, but I guess with a pole vaulter, it's like, Hey, we need to maintain that high bar strength. It's a lot harder to be really strong in the high bar. If you've got 30 extra pounds below your waist, because you've been doing five sets of 10 or six sets of 10 super heavy squats and yeah. your body's like getting torn down. So it yeah. makes me feel good whenever we have a vaulter who comes up to us and wants to go to a college that's a, you we've like known the coach or have a relationship with the coach and the, we know that that coach is like specifically training those vaulters or at least has a lot of knowledge on what we do and what kind of works for the athletes that got them to where they're at at this point, you know? 100%. 100%. Yeah, that that split off of like uh that would that would be difficult. Actually, so at Michigan State, so like did your pole vault coach talk with your strength coach? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's my, the best my, case scenario. I think my freshman and sophomore year, um my pole vault coach, who was just a jumps coach, um wrote all of our weight training for us also. And then either my junior or my senior year, um he started to work with the like the football trainer mm -hmm. the football strength coach and so they would like collaborate on our lifts together that's awesome and that the lifts didn't change a whole lot but the kind of the programming did where we would kind of be able to um like our our sets and reps would move down as we got closer to like the big 10 meet and nationals and stuff like that and towards the beginning of the season um we'd have like higher reps higher weight or higher reps, lower weight. Right. Um, I guess it's kind of like what we do with the cycles where it's four week cycles, but it was just stretched out over like the whole indoor season instead mm -hmm. of just the four week cycles right. that we do. Right, right, right. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Um, <clears throat> we probably got to get out of here because uh, we have a meet tomorrow and probably should set up a little, couple things. Um, but really quick, so what do you like – where do we want to go in 24? Is there anything? We, 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 yeah. Is there anything? I'm just trying to think of like, what are some things, some goals and just some things that we think we want to do in 24? Well, I'd like to do another one of these. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be really cool if we could get a permanent setup. 
With the podcast? With the podcast. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like studio? Yeah. Have the studio set up with the couches. Yeah. Um, have these things right there. Just plug and play. Yeah. And we want people, I really, with the podcast, it, I just am having a hard time with doing them remotely. And I just really like all the content that we get whenever it's in person, like the Katarina one, like it just looks nice. It sounds nice. It's not like you're not watching somebody on a webcam. Like it just looks a lot better. And, and I just think the interaction is a lot better too. So that's what I would really like to do is I'd like to try to see if we could get some people, some elites in here or, or, you know, people that we would find, you know, interesting to talk to, like get them in here and actually do like a real podcast, like, like we're doing now. And like we did with Katerina and stuff like that. I also, I also would like to be able to figure out what we're going to do with that area over there. So that's just yeah. my, that's another one of my, no one knows about that area because we don't include it in any of the videos in any of the for videos. a reason. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'd like to see if we could get a girl over 14 and a boy over 18. That would be pretty gnarly. Yeah. High school. That would be gnarly. I think it's so definitely possible. I don't know who the boy over 18 would be, but yeah, that we'll would have to find that out. I think that's, that would be difficult. You got to be gripping pretty high. Yeah. Beyond that, you can't be squatting three times a week. You can't be squatting yeah. three times a week. Vaulting seven days a week. <laughs> I think finding some way to open the schedule up a little bit too. Yeah. Like getting a third pit or yeah. something like that so that there's more room for people to move around and maybe some more members to come into. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a, a tough one. How we, that, what's really crazy is we're like a year and a half into this facility and it's like, hey, how could we make, you know, get more people to be able to jump here and things like that? I think a goal would be to, like you said, just try to see if we could get some more elites to come out and jump here. We haven't had an opportunity really for them to, so that's on us, but like just, whether it be a training block of having them out for a week or whatever, or having a meet of some sort, getting elites into the building and filming podcasts, filming, you know, content and stuff like that. I think that's something that should be, uh, you know, on our, on our to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if any elites want to come out, we will film some good content of you. So if you want some free good content, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 100%. come out here. Yeah, it would be really, really cool. Yeah, I, I think, I think that would be really awesome. So we could do like a podcast while they're out here. It would be nice if they we could do podcasts. We can do content. We can do a whole bunch of cool stuff. I think it would probably have to be like some sort of meet or something like that. Mm -hmm. I was I was thinking the other day too. Like, why don't I have you guys <laughs> jumping? like any of our meets you know yeah it's just like who would coach yeah because <laughs> we're Very you know you got funny. four us four coaches so 40, and we coach 40 percent of our coaches would be gone yeah 40 percent of the coaches would be gone and true that it'd be nice to figure out a way to do that though because it would make the most oh, no. sense to just have 50 percent. yeah 50 percent. 
uh, it'd be nice to have oh, like the summer championships or rise fest like have some other because that's summer champs and rise fest there's no meets around that time yeah in the I u.s think usually really really good i think rise fest would be pretty sick yeah so it'd be really cool to get people out for that and try to see if we can can make that happen and i mean all of our meets have been usatf sanctioned i know you got to do world athletic sanctioning and stuff like that at times now too but it's we're doing our best folks yeah let's get it going all right boys let's set up for this meet tomorrow all right thank you all right guys thank you it's one more jump podcast bye